And we are with our boy, Vic Evans, on behalf of 1027 The Game at Owensboro Radio. Vic, first things first, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. That's, Can't that's, complain at all. That's good, and, and you obviously got your granddaughter hyped about the wild card game tomorrow night in Fenway Park. I mean, you know, Yankees. all ready for the Yankees to play. Yankees, Yankees, Red Sox, Garrett Cole, Nathan Evaldi. So, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow night? Well, of course, since I'm a Yankee fan, I think the Yankees are going to win. I think, I mean, this is the whole reason you pay Garrett Cole, what, $36.5 million a year is to go win yep. this game? Uh, I like, I mean, you know, you never know these one-game playoffs, you know, whether you get like a 1978 Bucky bleeping dent or... You know, it just, but I like the way the Yankees are playing. They've kind of owned the Red Sox the whole second half of the season. So, I mean, if I was going to put money on it, I would go Yankees, uh, Stanton, who's the Red Sox killer now. Uh, you know, I'd have to go that way. Vic, I agree, and that's why before I picked the Yankees with this game. I do think it's going to be one of those low scoring games. Um, I do think it's going to come down to the bullpen. And the reason why, like, I think if the Yankees were to ever go far in the postseason, it's pitching. Because in the postseason, it's pitching wins. And the Yankees have a great bullpen. So do you think they key to the Yankees going far? Not so much their hitting, it's their pitching. Oh, I think once you get in the playoffs, you know, there's the old adage in baseball, you know, good pitching stops good hitting and vice versa. But I do think in playoff baseball, you're facing everybody's, you know, best pitchers. You're, you're facing the best pitchers, the best pitching staffs in the league. So, yes, I do believe the Yankees pitching will be what carries them. I do think the kind of the ace of the hole that you don't know about, because I love the Yankees bullpen. But, you know, the way Severino's look coming back in these short stints of being a bridge guy, a guy that you can piggyback on, and, you know, where your starters can only maybe give you three, four, five innings, he can go out and get you to the, you know, really deep into the game. So I, I do I do think the Yankees, to go far, I think it's their pitching, but I do think their starters have to give them some depth too because you play so many games in the postseason in such a quick amount of time. You know, and that bullpen's carried them all year long. I do think that to win the World Series, the starters have got to give them a little bit of depth. Yeah, I, I'm i with you. I mean, I think the perfect plan, call six or seven, then go straight to Seve. Save everyone else for the DS because you're going to rely a lot on the bullpen in the division series. And you... You're going to need the bats to score at least four runs, I'd figure. I think four is a good number, and anything more than that means pitching sucks on both sides, and it's a bullpen game from, like, the second or third inning. Uh, but the Yankees just got to do what they did in Fenway two weekends ago. Score first, shut down innings. You do that, you're, you're going to Tampa on Thursday. Yeah, and that's the big thing in the postseason. I think there's two big things you have to look at. One is situational hitting. You know, you've got when you've got to move people and score runs, making outs. You you can't you can't strike out with a guy third and less than two outs. You know that can't happen in the postseason. 
or or a guy third and less than two out and hit a ground ball right at the third baseman. You have to, when you get those scoring opportunities, you got to take advantage of it, and then your pitchers have to give you when you score a run, they got to go out and give you that shutdown inning so you keep the momentum. And I think the teams that do that the best in the postseason are usually the ones that really go deep in the postseason. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And to me, like, you know, that's why I, I like their chances against Boston because I don't trust their bullpen. Now, Arvaldi is really good, and they do got a couple of guys in that in that bullpen that are good. But ultimately, I do think that the Yankees will advance. I just don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game as, like, the people want. I just think it's going to be like a 3-2, 4-3 kind of game. And I think Cole gives like six and two thirds, maybe seven innings, and then the Yankees just go from there. And I do think that you know Valdi will pitch well because it's the postseason. He pitched well against the Yankees and Dodgers in that 2018 run. Ultimately, I do think that the Yankees will win, and I do think the I do think that when it's the Yankees Rays, I do think it's probably a five game series, and I got the Yankees winning that. And I got them going to the CS against the Astros because ultimately, I truly think, and Vic, and tell them, follow me with this, I think baseball, in their heart of hearts, wants either one of two matchups, Dodgers-Astros or Yankees-Dodgers. But especially Yankees-Dodgers, because if that happens, you know Manfred, Fox, will just be drilling in their pants knowing that they got the matchup they've been wanting for since 2017. Oh, I think if baseball could choose what they wanted, they would a hundred percent choose Yankees Dodgers. I mean, I mean, I, I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, I think, I think, and, and and I also think you're right. I don't think that that you know, of the, if you had to put them in order in the American League, baseball and TV wants you know Yankees or Red Sox first. You know, then probably the Astros, then probably the White Sox, and Tampa would be down there at the bottom somewhere. Uh, but I think if you had their choice, they would want a Yankees-Dodgers, Red Sox-Dodgers, or Astros-Dodgers World Series. Uh, or I'd say another good one would be good that if you're looking for TV, uh, a Cardinals-Yankees World Series. Because the Cardinals have maybe the Ooh. best overall fan base in all of baseball. You know, I know New York's a great thing. New York's a baseball town, but a traditional baseball, really high baseball IQ town. You know, St. Louis is right up there with New York. So I think that's another uh, matchup that they would like to have come, you know, World Series time. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. I mean, who, who knows how far they'll go. But I, I, I think that would be good, too. Or also Yankees-Giants. Yankees-Giants would be good, you know. They'll most likely get, you know, you know. Unfortunately, Cardinals play the Dodgers. Dodgers. So I don't think that's why they'll go far. So we'll most likely. No, see, it's going to be a tough matchup with Scherzer. You think? And you're talking about a team that's won what 22 of the last 24 or something in that neighborhood. You know, and and a team that's won over 100 games, and and you know, so you got the hottest team coming down the last 25 games, and a team that won over 100 games, and it all comes down. So one game, uh, you know, you probably favor the Dodgers matchup with that lineup and with Scherzer going, but don't count on the old man Wainwright who just put together an oh, unbelievable season for being a forty-year-old pitcher. Sixteen games. Yes. Uh, that is truly impressive, and 
I say that's why I say like um with leads with Aaron Boone. Yankee um Yankee fans love to criticize Aaron Boone and like the fire Boone. But I do but I think he's done a decent job. Maybe maybe beat fans don't want to hear this, but I think Boone Regardless how the Yankees do, I do think he's going to come back, and I do think Cashman comes back too. But I think, to me, the ceiling for the Yankees, the ceiling, if everything breaks right, I think they can go to the World Series. But I think, I think realistically, they could either get to the DS or the CS. But I do think their ceiling, if everyone's clicking, they're pitching as well, and they do situational hitting, not hitting the long ball all the damn time, I think this team has a chance to get to the World Series because when they're on, they're better than any team in the American League. Yeah, I, I definitely believe that's their ceiling. I'm like you. I think Boone comes back. I think if you I think you really have to break this Yankee season into two segments, and one was post-trade deadline and one was pre-trade deadline, let's be honest. The Yankees were a very flawed team. I mean, and they're still not. I mean, I think every team in baseball now has still got some flaws, but they were a very flawed team with no left-handed hitting in the lineup. And if you look what he did after the trade deadline, after getting – Rizzo and Gallo and giving some balance to that Yankees lineup, he's done a fairly good job. I've never thought Cashman was in trouble. I think, you know, his, you know what he's done in New York, and they've been consistent, at least World Series contenders. I mean, you know, it's been a while since they've won one, but they, you know, probably should have won the year the Astros won. You know, you know, you still think Altuve kind of knew what Chapman was throwing, and with the Yankees, were they the best team in the, in the league that year? Well, they were right there. So, I'm like you. I think they're both back uh, next year. Um, but I'm also, I'm like you, I think the Yankees can win the World Series. Uh, but I also, you know, it's been a tough matchup for them with the Rays. You know, the Rays have had their number for a couple years now, you know. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm like you. I, I could see them going out, you know, winning the wild card. I could see them losing tomorrow night. I mean, that's really within the possibility. Or I could see them losing to the, to the uh, Rays. Or I can see them winning the World Series. I think that, I do think the LeMayhew injury and, and what you're going to get out of him, I think that hurts a little bit. I know he's, he struggled this year, but he's still kind of that old, you know, he's that veteran clutch professional hitter that can go the other way, can drive it around with the ground ball. So I think they're going to miss that. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be what Judge and Stanton – you know, I mean, those are the two big guys there. And, and I think Rizzo, I look for Rizzo to have a big postseason. I just, something tells me he's going to have a nice postseason. I am 100% with you. Like, that's why I was so hyped when they announced that trade. First, no one saw it coming, but he is provides contact with the bat, great glove, fair power. So I, I hope he rides us as far as we can. And hopefully that's enough for an extension. Um, you know, I also do think, though, they need to put Chris Giddens on the roster. Because, God forbid, they don't do that and Rizzo goes down. They have they have no one to play first base. Or whoever does play first base is not going to be good. And then they'll have to put Giddens on the roster. But they should do that just in case. Because if Rizzo goes down in, in the game and you don't have Giddens on the roster... You are not having a non-first baseman making valuable plays at first base in a playoff game. So that's that's really dangerous. But quickly, a little football before more baseball. And I was super hyped when we got him in the draft. But Mac Jones, 
outplayed the greatest quarterback of all time and lost because of stupid rain. And in 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 the future, I would like for Bill to trust Mac on downs like that because that's what's going to give him confidence. And maybe they could have won that game. Who knows? Maybe he throws a pick. Maybe he throws an incompletion. Maybe he scores a first down and, and, and Brady ends up coming back anyway with 57 seconds left. Who knows? But but the doik happened and Brady didn't play like Brady last night. Now now missing Gronk was a huge part of that. I believe if Gronk plays, Bucks probably win by ten plus. But he outplayed Brady. What did you see from last night's game? Yeah, I, well, I tweeted out after the game last night that I really think Belichick has found his quarterback of the future. Uh, I like what you saw of Mike Jones. Now, I don't think Belichick is not the type of coach that's going to turn a young rookie QB loose. I mean, if you go back to Brady's first year, you know, he really didn't turn him loose. Even at the end, it was kind of, you know, the last drive in the Super Bowl against the Rams was kind of a calculated, you know, you know, calculated drive. Uh, so I really like what I saw from Mike Jones. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, I think, you know, he's going to be of this, you know, they, you know, everybody talked about what a great quarterback class it was. I think he probably went to the perfect position for him, and I think he'll be very successful there. Uh, I do think he probably outplayed Brady. Now, I will say Brady laid, you know, absolutely two passes at the end. Antonio Brown should have caught either one of them. It would have, you know, changed the way you look at how Brady played last night. Uh, but if I'm a Patriots fan like you, then, then I'm really pleased at, at, the, at where you're seeing Mike Jones go and the baby steps going forward that you are seeing him make right now. And I think he's going to be the, the quarterback for the future for the for the Patriots. And, and you know, every year they say it's about a 50-50 shot, you know, 60% shot on first-round draft picks and bust. And I don't see Mike Jones being one of those. I see him being someone that's going to be a 10 to, you know, 10 to 15-year starter in the NFL. Well, I ain't a Patriot fan, so I truly don't care. But <laughs> I know that. Wow, screw you, uh, man. But, 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 um, but yeah, listen, Matt Jones played well. He did outplay Tom Brady. I'll give him that. It was a fun game. I, I agree. If, I told, if Antonio Brown makes one of those two catches, then we're having a completely different conversation about Brady's performance. But enough about the Patriots. They're, they're, they're but, but be honest, James. Let me ask you a question, yeah. though, James. But let's be honest. You would trade Daniel Jones for Mike Jones right now in a heartbeat and probably throw in a couple picks. Right now? Yes. Right now? Yes. Uh, probably. Probably. I probably. Yeah, I probably. I, I probably. What a lying sack of I shit. He's trying would. so hard to I say. He's trying so <laughs> hard to say yes. No, no, because now... Because before you mentioned Daniel Jones, what he did against the Saints, that, not named Washington, because it seems like he only plays great against Washington, that game against the Saints was was arguably the best game I've ever seen him play in his career. That was a sensational game against a very good Saints defense. Now, let me ask you this. He's seventh in the league in passing. He's a top-half quarterback in passer rating. Um, he's completing over 67% of his passes. So let's ask this question. Do you <laughs> buy the Daniel Jones stock? Is he an actual franchise quarterback? Do you need to see more? He's playing the Cowboys next week. Where are you on Daniel Jones so far? Because he's actually had a pretty good season, actually, believe it or not. 
Well, and, and I think they've had some injury problems in the receiver position, too. So I don't know. If, I, I would say his grade right now of where I'm at is probably incomplete. I'm probably on a hold situation. I'm not selling stock yet. I'm not buying the stock yet. I'm in the holding pattern. But what's good for the Giants is, is what, this is his third year in the contract? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got him for two more years. You know, you know, you know, a lot of times I like to get him redone before that fifth year option. But so I don't think the Giants have to rush this a little bit. I think they can be patient and see what they have from him. I do think he played really well this weekend. I'm like you. I think it's the best game he played. So to answer your question, I would be hold and let's see where we're at. I'll look at it again in four weeks to see if I want to start maybe selling some of this stock or buying a little more. And also, of course, last night, along with Tom Brady, you know, Beating every team in the NFL. He also now is the all-time leading passing yards. So let's assume let's assume next year is it. He is possibly gonna retire with ninety thousand passing yards. Maybe another Super Bowl. I you know, he can possibly win win one between this year and next year. Let's say he does that. Is is are those the kind of stats that can make it impossible to break? Oh yeah, I'm, I, you know I, I, I I'll say this. I don't know about stats just because the game. You know, if you'd have told me back when Dan Marino had the records and stuff and the way the game was played, I'd have told you that those may have been unreachable. You know, because. Of the, of the stats he put up and, and if you go back even you know so I, I think there's always a chance now the one thing that makes Brady special over other quarterbacks not just that he has seven Super Bowl rings and, and everything else it's just been his longevity I mean we're seeing a guy what you know at his age you know at this pace whenever he says I want to play to 50 he may actually really do it uh, so it's going to be really tough for someone to play at the level he's playing at for as long as he has done it. Uh, but I would never say never just for the fact that the game has changed so much and it changes more and more every year as far as passing goes uh, that, you know, you know, I, I don't, you know, who knows? I, I, I'm not going to say it can't be done, but I'm going to say it would take somebody awfully special to, to, to break whatever whatever his records are when he leaves. He's going to own them all. And, and, and so it would be really tough for somebody to break that. But I would never say never. I mean, the, the only stat out there I think is completely unbreakable is probably Joe DiMaggio's 55-game hitting streak. You know, because now you get to twenty games, and, and now you get to twenty games, and one, you know the media is all over you. You're not even halfway right. there, but it will be awfully tough. Uh, you know, um, if you know, it'll be awfully tough for somebody to break it. At least until Arch Manning gets in the NFL, becomes the third Manning to win a bunch of Super Bowls and throw for a bunch of yards, <laughs> and he'll be playing for the Giants. <laughs> he'll be playing for the Giants, <laughs> but um, and, and he'll be beating and he'll be beating the Patriots. How 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 poetic! But um, but I, I gotta say this. Um, I want to stick with the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, they, they, they romp the Eagles, you know, no, no surprise that the Eagles are a bad team. So I'm going to ask you this, um, with Mahomes, he has thrown a lot of picks this year. Are you a little concerned that this is now the fourth straight, like, 
what straight game he's throwing to pick because now the turnovers are starting to be a problem and that Chiefs defense is really, really bad. Yeah, I, I, I am like, there's a few things I'm concerned about the Eagles. I mean, it's Jeff, the Chiefs. I mean, I still think they're going to make the playoffs, but they also have that look that sometimes it's almost like they're kind of bored, you know? And, and I, I think the last time I was on the show, we had talked about, you know, and we talked about this on our show too, that, you know, go back and look at teams that lost the Super Bowl, what they did the next year as far as making the playoffs or, or keeping somewhere the same record. It's usually, uh, you usually go down, and some of that just comes from the fact that it's a long year, you get to the pinnacle and you don't get it done. There's some letdown. Now, so I thought they looked kind of bored at times. The one thing I've really been kind of surprised at has been the level of play of their offensive line. I mean, I was expecting with the moves that they made uh, in the offseason that their line would be one of the best lines in the league, and it has not done that yet. I don't know. I know they're young there at center and guard, you know, with a couple rookies, and and, I, and, and they haven't quite gelled yet. But that's been the thing that has been a little disturbing for me was I thought their line would be much better than what they played. But I also have a feeling that when they want to, you know, now, now it doesn't always work. You know, the Lakers have done this and got by with it a few times, and the and even Brady and the Patriots got by with this a few times. And you get those teams that look a little bored, and then all of a sudden just flip the switch and go. The problem with the Chiefs is, is the AFC is so tough that if you get too bored and get too many losses that you shouldn't take, it's going to be a scramble to not only make the playoffs but to have home field advantage. And I know you've got Mahomes, but there's a lot of places I wouldn't want to go on the road and try to win a playoff game. Yeah, and that's why, too, that's why I don't think nothing much of the Chiefs because the Patriots did what they did, and they were never bored. They cared every game. It looks like a lot of the Chiefs' games, they don't start caring till they're down minimum 14 points. And they've been lucky enough to win some of these, but you saw it against the Chargers. They lost that one. They they lost against the Ravens. And there's going to come a time where you got to put pedal on the metal every single down. And quickly on the passing yards, because, because I looked it up last week, right now the closest to Brady is Big Ben at 61K. Russell Wilson just barely has over 35. So if Brady's passed, the next one that could possibly do it is probably Patrick Mahomes, maybe. But that's going to be at least 20 years from now. Maybe even 15. So that's going to stand for a long time. But the Chiefs, I don't think they're going to do what the Patriots do. Especially because I don't think Andy Reid is going to coach 5, 10, 15 more years. And if... if let, let's say they even win 14, 15 games this year, right? They probably will. But will they beat the Rams, Packers, or Bucks in a Super Bowl? I don't think so. Well, I think it's going to be tough. You know, they're sitting at, what, 3-2 and two now. It's going to be tough to get to, you know, 13, 14 wins. That's a division they play in. You know, the Raiders, I know, I know the Chargers are handed to the Raiders, but I don't really like the Chargers. The Raiders have played well. You know, the Broncos, now they had a bunch of guys out this week. Uh, you know, they had eight lost. starters out this week. But, but they, they played well. Yeah, and, yeah, so 
So we'll see what happens there. But I just think, like I said, I just think the AFC is just such a tough, you know, the AFC is so much better than the NFC, you know, from top to bottom. Um, and and so, I, you know, and I worry, I'm like James, I worry a little bit about that Chiefs defense. They're not getting the pass rush they got last year. And, and Jones has been, you know, beat up a little bit. So I just, you know, I... I mean, I think they're going to make the playoffs, and, they're, and they'll probably – I still like the Chargers in that division right now. Uh, I really think uh, Justin Herbert is, is going to be a special quarterback. But, you know, I just like I said, I think sometimes that hangover and, – and I know you hear about this in basketball a lot, but I think it happens in football too. When you consistently over a three-year period, if you think about it, in the last three years they've gone to the AFC – title game they went to two Super Bowls you know that's just you're adding games on to the end of the year you get beat up a little more and you don't have the all season's not quite as as long as it is the next year and I think over time that wears on a team and especially a team that you know you've got you know at some spots can be a little older and so I just think you know it's in football that's why your window is so short and just you know your the windows in football to be a championship team uh, unless you're the Patriots, are, are very are very small. And so I'm curious to see how the Chiefs handle this. You know, now they're the, always have the target on the back. And that's another thing that was so great about Brady. The Patriots played the last 15 years with Brady or whatever it was. They were always somebody's Super Bowl. They had their target on the back every Sunday they went out there. And now the Chiefs do. So let's just see how they handle it. I couldn't agree more. Um, let's let, let, let's stay let's stay in the NFC East, or at least people like to call it. The Dallas Cowboys took apart the Carolina Panthers. I think Sam Darnold has been playing well. Um, obviously, Dallas is in the class division. We mentioned Daniel Jones played an unbelievable game against the Saints, and the Washington football team got a needed win after trailing the Atlanta Falcons. We did say earlier when we had you on, it's going to come down to those those um, those um three teams. We all know Dallas right now is the class that division. But if the Giants if the Giants play like this and the football team still tell on the key and both defense are terrible, who do you trust more? The Washington with Taylor Heineke, who's been good, or do you trust that the Giants will get it together and give Dallas at least a fight for that division? You know, I think one of the biggest disappointments in football has been pl- the play of the, of, the, of the Washington football team's defense. And when, I talk, when we talked about it, I'd say I'd probably lean to them because the defense travels. But that defense has been very disappointing. Uh, I think if I had to choose between which one of those will come up and play and challenge the Cowboys, I would probably go Giants. Uh, I, I do like the weapons. You know, there's Saquon starting to play a little bit better as the receivers get better. You know, Daniel Jones keeps playing the way he does. Uh, I, I just kind of like the Giants more than I do uh, uh, the, the football team uh, with uh, Heineke as a quarterback. But I, I'm just I just don't know where that Washington football team's defense has gone the last four days. It, it's been it's been atrocious since it started. And that was one of the better defenses in football last year. And it was a young defense with just about everybody coming back. So it's been a it's been a big disappointment. Yeah, and uh, just 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 one last thing. Do you do you think the Chiefs would be able to beat the Bucks, Rams, or Packers in a Super Bowl? Um, I 
know why? If I was right, I tell you what, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I, and I and I have been big on this team for two years now. But in the NFC, I'm going to go Cardinals. I like what they have done. I've been a, I was one of the few guys that was a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury. I thought he was an under the radar, really good hire. I've been telling Steve that for th- for two and a half years now. I think they've got some playmakers on defense, uh, and and I think Kyler Murray is playing at such a level. You watched and I watched that game like he played with the Rams, and just to, now if he can stay healthy, because the one thing about Kyler Murray is you know everybody not, not the biggest guy in the world, but I, I really like what the Cardinals are doing, uh, and I, I, right now, if I had, if you had made me pick today, I would go Chargers versus Cardinals in the Super Bowl. Whoa! Well, honestly, I would actually would love to see that Super Bowl. Herbert versus Kyler Murray. I am all in on that. Two young quarterbacks. You sign me up. That's going to be an offensive shootout. Quickly, um, quickly back to baseball. Now, I will say this one thing for football before we get out of football and go to baseball. I will tell you this. The absolute best offseason move for the, anybody in the NFL was the Cowboys hiring Dan Quinn. I know he was a I terrible head coach in Atlanta, but he was a great defensive coordinator. And I've always said, I remember my dad teaching that, you know, people always rise to their level of incompetence because you do a great job and they want to move you up. And you do a great job there and they want to move you up. Well, they keep moving you up till you're no longer any good. And I think that's what happened to Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn is an unbelievable defensive coordinator. I don't think he's a great head coach. Unbelievable defensive coordinator. And, and what he has done with that Cowboys defense, I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan whatsoever, but that was a great hire, and that has changed what I think about the Cowboys. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Quickly, absolutely. Trayvon Diggs is playing fantastic. You got, you got Mika Parsons just going at it. Randy Gregory. Listen, there are some guys that are just meant to be corniest. Look at Pat Shermer. Not a good head coach. Damn good coordinator. Some guys are just meant to be coordinators. Now, quickly on baseball, and i got to ask both of you this. For both the Yankees and the Red Sox, we're going to go X-Factors. Who are the biggest X-Factors of both teams? Because for me, the Yankees, I'm going to go Gallo. Because Gallo's got to be the guy that has to hit. Because Rizzo can't be the only lefty causing problems. So I'm going to say Gallo for the Yankees. And for the Red Sox, I'm going to say their X factor is going to be that bullpen. How is that bullpen going to do? It's not been a good bullpen, but you know in the postseason, pitching travels. How is Alex Cora going to manage that pitching? Because I have no doubt that Devers and Bogarts and Schorber are going to hit. So how is that bullpen going to go? Those are my X factors. What say you guys? I think you're right on the Red Sox. I think that's their biggest thing is what their bullpen does. For the Yankees, I like the Gallo pick, but the one guy that could change the narrative for the last year and a half, if he could be the X Factor, and that's Torres. I mean, this guy was unbelievable when he first came up. I thought he was going to be a mainstay in the middle infielder and be a 290 hitter with 25 to 32 bombs a year. And it hasn't happened, you know, in the last two years. And I don't, I kind of sell out last year with the strike, you know, with the COVID short season. It's a 60 game spread. That's not how baseball's supposed to be played. But once again, this year, he really struggled offensively. I think if he could get hot and have a big-time postseason, it would change the arc of his career and really drive the Yankees. Yeah, uh, 
as Raiders are making this close 21-14 third quarter. I say Rizzo and J.D. Martinez with the bats. And I say Severino and Adam Adovino. Because when his slider is really right, he's a really good pitcher. He hasn't been that way since last year. Since the tail end of 2019. But if he finds it, the Red Sox have something there. And I do think the Red Sox are going to win tomorrow. Just because Cole's going to have to pitch a perfect game. He can't allow a run to the Yankees score. And unfortunately, their bats are inconsistent. And the Red Sox lineup is a hell of a lot better than the Rays. So I, I, I think that's going to be enough. Plus, it is home. You know, you are going to have the last at bat. You, you do got the crowd on your side. Some Yankee fans will travel. But it's going to be mostly Red Sox fans in there. And at the end of the day, I think Cole is just going to try too hard. And Yankees will lose that game. But Vic, it's always a great time talking to you. Football, baseball, love it. And uh, hopefully Archie Manning goes to anybody else but the Giants. The Giants... The Giants don't deserve another Manning. They do not need. They do not need another Manning on that stupid team. All right, or and you know let him let him go. You know what? Steven needs some happy in his life. Let him go to the Minnesota Vikings and and and, and beat the Vikings in it in a playoff game against the Giants. How about that? A Manning beating the Giants in a big-time playoff game to get to the Super Bowl? What? Eli's, Eli, would have, Eli would have to congratulate tweet his nephew, man. You know what? I think that would be amazing. Arch well, Manning for the Giants. Let's make it happen. There you, there you go. Well, thanks for having me, guys. We're going to get you guys on the radio show here soon, talk a little football. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. I know I know you guys aren't Blake College football fans, but where I live, how about my University of Kentucky Wildcats taking that out was the Florida Gators at home for the first time since 1986? Wow. See, see, see. Um, I actually do watch college football, Vic. Um, I do, I do like the Florida Gators. Like, and I gotta tell you. That was an impressive win by Kentucky. I give all the props to that. That was a really good win for that program. Really against a very ranked Florida team, who, by the way, play Alabama very, very well. So that's a huge win for your program. Huge win for them. I got to give you all the props for that. So congratulations. I tip my cap to Kentucky. Now, remember, you boys got LSU next week. So, so Vic, oh, I mean, I'm, the, I'm the, the key. I predicted a month ago, I predicted a month ago on our radio show that Coach O will be fired on the plane trip back to LSU when he loses to Kentucky. Wow. Wow. Ed Orgeron, who won a national championship, could be fired losing to to Kentucky. That would be great. And also, quickly, some, some for Stephen A. Turner, the Vikings, more things change. The more they stay the same, 
They had that game against the Browns, and in typical Vikings fashion, they come up against a big one against Seattle, only to lay an egg against the Cleveland Browns. So tell Steven, I said, typical Vikings, they can't capitalize on a gift win. So same old Vikings, never change. Yeah, it's uh, it's really hard when you can't block up front, and uh, the Vikings' offensive line has been terrible. I mean, Cousins has actually been pretty decent, but uh, Steve's in pain right now, and he's he's, he's not happy. <laughs> see, Steven, see, Steven, I got you getting a Manning beating the Giants in a big playoff game, and James is trying to make you sad, man. What is wrong with this man? But Vic, last, uh, I last, even, even last, today on the radio show, he uh, he lost a bet with a buddy of ours who's a Browns fan. So today, live on air, he had to do the dog pound bark. Oh, <laughs> painful! But a last last question before you go: Do you see Bama repeating this year? Georgia. I think they got by far and away the best defensive team in the country. Uh, if they just get a little offense, I just, I just, I'm, I feel like this is the year that Georgia wins their first national title since 1980 and Herschel Walker. So give me Georgia right now to win the national title. I say Georgia as well. I actually like how Georgia is playing. And all I got to say is Notre Dame is overrated. I'm sorry you don't lose to Cincinnati. They're overrated. So that's the last thing oh, I'll say. But we're, we're, we're not good this year. We're, our offensive line has been terrible. Uh, I think on my coach's hot seat that I tweeted out, I put in for the first time ever a, a position coach, and it was – Sitting at number four on the hot seat left was Coach Quinn, the offensive line coach of Notre Dame. And uh, it, it, it's been bad all year long. And uh, it's like I said, just like with the Vikings, it's really hard when you can't block people. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Vic, 